0: Hi, everybody, Brendan here. Just quickly before we jump into this week's episode of the Survivor Wildcards, a quick little spoiler warning: being that this is the finale episode, we are going to be talking a lot about what it means to win Survivor, past twists of Survivor, and how those have impacted. Um, the Final Tribal Council, so just a quick warning that we do have some spoilers in here for Millennials Gen X, Rong, Ghost Island, Heroes versus Hustlers versus Healers, as well as any season that featured Redemption Island. We kind of touched loosely on how that twist either did or did not impact um, that game in the end. Um, but that being said, really fun episode, encourage you to stick around, and uh, I'm not going to waste any more time, let's get to it. Hi everybody and welcome back to the Survivor Wildcards. I'm Brendan.
1: And I'm Allie.
0: And this is our weekly podcast where we talk about our favorite television show, Survivor. Here we are, Allie. Survivor Season 38, Edge of Extinction has finished. With an ending that in many ways was as equally unpredictable and baffling as the rest of the season was. Um, but I think in other ways, actually, wasn't that shocking at all. Um, what is your, your quick hot take? Obviously, we're going to jump in in much more detail, but do you have any, like, things you want to say right off the bat?
1: I guess for me, and where I'm at right now, I think it's best to look at Edge of Extinction, look at Season 38 as... One game of Survivor instead of in the context of the whole of Survivor, if that makes sense. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, for this one season, there are different rules and the game should be taken with those different rules in mind. So this is one version of the game we love. And it's not the game, you know, it's there's different rules in Edge of Extinction than there are in other seasons.
0: Yeah, and I guess I think for me it was a wake-up call, how I think that's actually true true of every season. I mean, that's kind of the nature of the whole game, right? Like, each season is different because you're creating a mini-society every season. The dynamics are going to be different. And then beyond that, you know, the rules are different because production introduces twists. Um, you know, we had, you know, tribes didn't use to have swaps and then that got introduced as a surprise and then idols got introduced as a surprise exile island a final three instead of a final two fire making it four. blah 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 blah. you know these things have happened before with varied reactions um and i think there's been other seasons where similar things have happened where it's been a wake-up call of like whoa that radically altered the state of what we would consider like traditional survivor but i i do think this is one of the more extreme cases but i also want to say before no matter what is said here on this podcast and no matter what like emotions or reactions i have now or have had in the past in tweets (laughs) congratulations (laughs) congratulations to chris underwood for an amazing run, an amazing win, historic win in the history of the show. Literally, sure. no other person has won the game in the way that he has, and that is not a dig. Um, and congratulations to the rest of the cast. I I can't imagine it's easy to see. Um, if these are all super fans. None of these people were recruited to come on the show, as far as I know. Um, and I I can't imagine what it, how difficult it must be to have this amazing, life-changing experience and get back and kind of see the reaction to what your experience was, I think, largely, from super fans like yourself, be negative. I think that's got to be really confusing yes. and a little bit hurtful. Um, so, I... And
1: I do think, yeah. like, speaking for the both of us, any negative reaction we may have is in no way personal towards any of the the survivor players this season. It's like any negative reactions we had is like mostly directed at production or just like in, in the twist that seemed a little too much in the finale at the very least in this season. Yeah. You know, like nothing against anyone at all. Yeah,
0: and I also own my opinions in that. You know, like, I'm not going to try to hide behind that. Uh, that's what my att- I'm not attempting to try to hide behind the, like, oh, that means everything I say. It's- I get, like, you know, the game changes. There's arguments to be made that, you know, how can anything be wrong with the season of Survivor? It's a game that changes. It's, you know, the rules that are set defines the game. So the rules can't be wrong. And I hear those arguments. And I think this season, you know, I'm sticking by. I, I am one of those people who I say there is no such thing as an undeserving survivor winner the way the game is designed the person who deserved to win will be the person that wins and I think that holds true this season do I think there are some people who had a really good chance at winning who got pretty uh for lack of a better word screwed over by something that was kind of out of their control yeah but at the same time that was, you know, the playing field this season and people, you know, the person who did the best with it was Chris Underwood, far and away. So, you know, I think that's kind of...
1: Nine to four.
0: Yeah, nine to four. Um, so normally on this podcast, we do a fun guessing game um, and we have some wild card questions of like anything about Survivor and it's this whole fun little game but we kept saying we were going to come up with something for the finale, and then I think the ultimate wild card actually turned out to be this finale episode in itself. We didn't prepare anything special because this the finale was the wild card, and there's just so much to talk about here uh, that we wanted to dedicate the whole podcast to talking about that. So... Um, I don't know, is there anywhere you want to start specifically? Because this is, we will have to keep on track, because there's there's a lot of discussions that I think have been had over and over. There's definitely opportunities to go down tangents and paths that may lead to nowhere, as much as I love those tangents and paths. But is there anything, like, we want to jump off with right away?
1: I guess there are um different aspects to touch on like other than just chronology we could talk about like each challenge we could talk about each boot we could talk about each idol
0: Um. (laughs) each idol in the (laughs) finale yeah I mean I guess I guess we can kind of I think we can touch each of those things kind of stepping forward I guess chronologically probably makes the most sense I mean we started off the Mm -hmm. episode with someone coming back in um and it came down to I think what logically made sense it was joe and chris um you know a fun thought experiment would this season have been different if joe is the person who comes back probably but
1: well okay so just going right off of that (laughs) um i think that i think that if you haven't already you should watch this seasons ponderosa oh my god you yeah know, that should be the I name of our podcast really enjoyed <laughs> ponderosa this season yeah um so joe has a lot of ponderosa time where we see him like contemplating who he is and like how this game turned out for him this season and stuff and you know um, In his exit interview with Sesternino, he talks about how he couldn't have done what Chris did. You know, he didn't have relationships that Chris used to his advantage. He, like, he would not have been able to get where Chris got unless he won out, basically.
0: I agree. And when I said that, you know, it's funny. I saw a lot of people saying, you know, during the finale when Joe was being interviewed by Jeff Probst, and they said... You know, could someone like you win the game? And he was like, no. And then everyone was tweeting like, someone just did. I don't think that's true. I think Chris and Joe are very different players. I think their standing in the game was completely different. I think if Joe came back Mm -hmm. and he didn't win immunity at six, he is immediately voted out. No questions asked. I don't think he has Mm -hmm. any wiggle room to get out of that. And I think, you know, I think, you know, Joe has a social game. We've heard from people that played with him, although we don't see it a ton, but I mean, Chris became the player that we heard in pre's this finale. We talked about this earlier on the podcast, and we saw yeah. him on the season. We were like, what happened to this guy? Because in pre's, he came off as very intelligent, kind of conniving, and really like someone who was just gonna go like balls to the wall, let's go for it. And then on the show early on, that wasn't really seemed that wasn't really what he did, at least from what we saw. And I thought coming into this finale, I mean, he did literally every single thing you could possibly do in, how how many Mm -hmm. days was it? Nine days? Like, literally kicked every single box in nine days. And I I don't think um, Joe would have been able to do that. And I think it would have been a very different outcome had Joe won that challenge instead of Chris. But obviously, um, Chris is able to pull it out. Sad that Aubrey couldn't get past that leg in the challenge, which is the one she had the advantage on. (laughs)
1: Yes, yeah. That was
0: odd.
1: It was a little odd, yeah. Um, Yeah, I do think that, um, you know, challenge-wise, it was not surprising that Chris won instead of Joe. And I do think that, like, Chris um, has that social game that Joe never got the chance to have because... Everyone knew day one we're not working with Joe. You know, so I do think like it's hard to. I don't know. It, um, Ron Clark in his exit interview was talking about how Joe was having conversations with David and Kelly and Devon's and like everyone in the woods at the merge. And that's like a big reason they wanted Joe out. So it wasn't just Joey Arts and Crafts, which everyone wrote him off for because that's all we saw, but he was actually scrambling. He was like trying to like make connections. And then when we saw him talk to Ron in that merge episode and he was like, hey buddy like how's it go like you give me info like i don't know what's going on ron was like well i've already seen him having secret conversations with people so this is all
0: bullshit so yeah that's really really interesting oh man i can't wait we'll have to do like a follow-up podcast for when i mean people have done their post-game interviews to an extent but um
1: not really not like the real ones yeah I yeah. also
0: love, and we'll touch on this later, even now, people who were there, people who went to Ponderosa, and a year later, sometimes still confused as to what happened at some of these travel councils, which I find fascinating. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I thought, I mean, I think Aurora Aurora was kind of in it, wasn't she? She was kind of there towards the end. It was, I mean, it really came uh, down yes, to be being was. between Joe and Chris, but I feel like that really makes sense. I mean, those are the people who were the strongest in the challenges, Um
1: I think David and Wentworth were also there, but they weren't getting, like, the narrated time that Joe and Chris were getting.
0: Um, And, yeah, I mean, when Chris re-enters the game, something that I kept thinking about, and I think Victoria spoke about this, (laughs) Ali's face, in the... She's. I don't know if she said this in her post-interview or something, because I think some... It might have been her post-game interview with Sesternino. Someone asked, like, what was your reaction when Chris came back? And she kind of just gave, like, a shrug. Because she was like, I didn't know him. Like, yeah. you know, like, in some ways she was like, it was good because I hadn't burned him. So I guess that was nice. But she was like, I don't know the guy. So, like, I didn't know what to think. Like, it was a stranger walking into the final six. So, like, what am I going to do with that? And... Um, I think that was something that I think is really, like, unpacking the dynamics is, like, you know, uh, in terms of, like, advantage-disadvantage, as much as it is a disadvantage to have not been playing the game for 20-something days while all these other people have been building relationships, to come back into the game at Final Six, not having interacted with them, but to say you don't know them is just not true, because you've been living with everybody who knows them and talking about them. So I think for for Victoria Gavin and Julie having never met Chris before versus Chris who just lived on extinction with all of their former tribe mates and learned a lot about them and learned about their dynamics, he clearly had information coming into the game. I think when you want to talk about like who had the, you know, they say information's power on Survivor, I would argue that Chris actually had the most power in terms of information coming in.
1: For sure. For sure. And, you know, no matter what he says, like, I I do think that Vic was a big jury threat, but who knows? Like, he could have just been like, well, this vote is kind of going to be like me or Vic, so I'm just going to tell everyone the whole jury's voting for Vic.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, and that's, of course, I mean, again, a brilliant move. If you're going to make the play, make the play. I also think it helped that it was probably true. Um, and I think uh, yeah. I think we saw that come up on her Ponderosa. I know Julia talked about rooting for Vic pretty hard. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think... I mean, that's the play you have to make. I think the Lauren... And he had the Lauren Idol information, too. That's a whole other yes. thing in this Travel Council. But, I mean, I think if we roleplay a little bit why Vic lost, I think, you know, if she could have... could. could was she guaranteed Final Four, Final Three, had someone not come back into the game? Who knows? No. I don't think so. Well...
1: Yeah, I I think that would be a big stretch to say, especially when Lauren said that she wanted Vic out no exactly. matter what. She wanted to sit next to Julie and Gavin, and you know, Devons has an idol at five, and um, Lauren oh no, Lauren uses that idol at six. But I'm just saying, like, right. like I mean, if she had Lauren if no one was had going come to back, try and get Vic out. If she had, yeah. if she
0: had not used that idol, and things play out at Final Five the way they played out the you know this time. Julie's immune, Devon's is immune, Lauren's immune. Between Gavin and Vic, Vic absolutely goes home. I think. Yeah, for sure. So I, I don't, I, think so I don't. It's not like Vic had this game on lock. Um, but but I think, you know, it 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 was a for me it was a little bit of a rough pill to swallow to see someone who had played such a brilliant under-the-radar game. And a game that, like, when I picture myself playing Survivor, like, that's the game that I kind of, like, envision. Like, someone who has the information at every vote isn't being, like, the loudest person. And she talked about this in her post-game interviews where she said every vote except the one where she went home, she always knew the actual plan and she always knew what the person going home thought was going to happen. Which I think is exactly mm-hmm. who you want to be in this game. Um And someone who was able to do that without getting a huge target on their back to the other players in the game. She had a target, but it wasn't huge. And then for the game to blow up by just someone coming, a jury member entering the game and saying, oh, by the way, we're all going to vote for her to win. That kind of (laughs) sucks. Because it's kind of like, what more could she do? You know, like, but no words. Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't know, I just, I don't know how we want to consider Devons into all of this. Yeah. Because, uh, like, Devin's looks like he was pretty good at making fire. It's hard to say if he goes up against someone that's not Chris if he wins or not. Like, can't really say. But I do think it's fair to say if Devons was in final three, he was going to win.
0: Oh, absolutely. I think Devons beat anybody. I think it was between... Yeah. I mean, I think Vic. Had, I think Vic and Lauren had the best chance of giving him a run for his money. Lauren only if she played that idol correctly in a big way.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And Vic, I think, because she had the Aubrey vote, and I think people on the jury had noticed how smart she was being. But I still think Devon's runs away with it. I mean, if Chris runs away with it, so too. how does Devon's not run away with it? Um, yeah. But I think, I mean, the Victoria vote um really didn't make I mean and again it didn't make sense because Chris got in people's heads he got in devin's head devin I mean I think I guess it worked for devins in the short term but not really I don't I don't think he needed to keep chris at that vote I think devins Chris kind of played into devin's like reconciliation plan which again it's smart um because for devins devins has no allies. So he's desperate for this new person to show up and have an ally. So if he goes to Chris and is like, I'm so sorry, let's reconcile, I know I burned you before, Chris can say, sure, 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 up until, you know, the only way he's really going to have to decide, do I burn that bridge, is if he wins immunity at four and has to choose to take someone to the end. And at that point, who cares? (laughs) Because it doesn't matter. But if... He plays along with that and earns, you know, gets in Devon's good graces. Maybe somehow by some miracle, Devons wins immunity at four and takes Chris to the end. I don't know if that would have happened. But like or, he, it was really like a win-win by it. siding with Devons, like I, I guess I guess the risk was you go to the end with Devons, but I don't think there was a clear I, I feel like siding with him was the clear option. Especially
1: I just feel like for Chris, you're confident you can beat anyone in fire.
0: Yeah. Because that's all you've been doing for. Training. So there is no risk
1: of going to the end with Devons <clears throat> because no one is taking Devons, like unless Devons wins right. final four immunity, like that's the risk. Yeah, that, that's, that's the, the risk.
0: risk. Yeah, but I yeah. think I mean. The I, but I do think the Vic, the Victoria vote really I don't think made sense for any person in that game except Victoria, which is so ironic because she is the person who made like the right decision in almost every single tribal council aside from the Aurora vote, and then her vote is the one of the most like illogical things that happens, <laughs> and she's just baffled like why did everyone do that? <laughs> and I kind of felt the same way. I mean, I I understood why, but I think it was a poor it was a mistake for Lauren. I think it was a miss, And I guess that's really all it comes down to. I mean, Gavin and Vic voted Devin's, and Lauren flipped and voted Vic. Um,
1: so Vic is still convinced that Gavin flipped on her. She said the numbers that they were supposed to have didn't come up the way they were supposed to. I think it... So she thinks kind of everyone flipped on that.
0: One. Oh, but... By
1: I, still, I mean in her exit interview. Right, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. know about since.
0: Okay, So, after some brief searching that I have definitely edited around and just made Alice sit while I like Google things. (laughs) So, Victoria was voted out to nothing after Idols, but the votes were Chris and Rick voted for Victoria, Gavin, Julie, and Lauren voted for Rick. And Victoria voted for Chris.
1: Okay, so that's what she was saying. So, what Vic was saying at the finale was they planned on having more Chris votes in there than actually came out. And she thought Gavin was supposed to be a Chris vote. So, she thought he turned on her no matter what.
0: Oh. Like, wasn't going to write
1: her name down, so but did, turned on her by Did not Lauren tell Chris's Gavin,
0: switch your vote because I'm giving Chris the idol? If, yeah, who knows? Why would they do that? <laughs> I guess I mean that's the I mean we can talk about I feel like we've talked enough about how Victoria kind of got sent out of the game in a a less than traditional fashion. Um, I'm sure she will be showing up on like robbed lists um, for. Time well, to come, listen, but... I
1: mean not not to be this guy, but anyone in the finale did. Like yeah. once Chris comes in with an idol, anyone who gets sent home, gets sent home in less than a traditional You know, I saw,
0: I mean, I think Gavin and Julie have been very diplomatic. I'm sure there's a lot of feelings, and there's a lot of love, too, I'm sure. But I did see that Julie, in one of her interviews, kind of said, she was like, honestly, like, I'm fine with the whole thing. The only thing that I'll say is that, I don't know if she uses the word unfair, but she said... I think the idol at six is a little much, and that's, like, the one thing she disagreed with. And I think it shows yeah. in the show, I don't think any of them thought that he had one. I think they all no. thought how that would be way too crazy, because I think it was. <laughs> but um, I definitely just hit my microphone. Sorry about that. Um, but...
1: Yeah, I think that it's Lauren that says, like, it's clear to us, like, Devin's got one, so now... Um... Chris is getting one, but they didn't even really know that Devin's got it in his bag.
0: Yeah, I was going to say I don't I wonder uh, I, if I'm Devin's, I wouldn't tell people that's how I got that idol. Although there was that whole storyline of him saying like things only come from the edge. So but even if even if I knew Devin's came back into the game with half an idol in his bag that he had to share with somebody, I still think I would be doubting that the per the second person who came back would get that too. Cuz at that point at it's six. like Okay, so you tried to get back in once and couldn't do it, and now you're getting a second chance to come back in, and then you'll get an idol? Like, that sounds like a lot, but that's what happened. Yeah. Um, but okay, so that happens, but let's talk about, you know, this Lauren giving away her idol. Chris convinces Lauren um, by using information that he got from Extinction I'm going to try to keep saying From Extinction and not The Jury, because I know that technically it was, like, Extinction Land and not Jury Land, and it seems like, the way people talk about it, it really seems like when they were on Extinction, they were considering themselves still in the game, and it's, it's easy for me not being there to just be like, well, it was The Jury, like, this was unfair, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 but I know that, like, for the sake of trying to, like, ride the game wave that this season was, you know making the norm. They were on extinction when it happened. (laughs) Um, And Kelly told everyone that Lauren had the idol. Um, And I'm sure, again, this is true. I'm sure the jury did want to see her play that idol in a huge, meaningful way. They did, you know, whatever. But of course, Chris convinces her to use it in a way that only serves him and is actually like detrimental to Lauren's game.
1: Yeah, he just flushes it. Like, that's basically it. Which is kind
0: of... I mean, that is pretty insane. How, you know... Have we ever seen someone flush someone else's idol at final six? Like, how do you even do that? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty crazy. Yeah. Like,
1: it is pretty crazy.
0: Especially, make-
1: it's crazier to me that if she hadn't played it, it still wouldn't have been Chris.
0: Yeah. Oh my God. That's so true. Wait, is that true?
1: Oh no, it would have been a tie. It would have been a tie, right? Yeah.
0: It would have been, it would have been.
1: There were three Devons, no, two Vic, and a Chris. No, it would have been Vic.
0: Yeah, it would have been Vic. Yeah, that's what people were saying, is that it wouldn't have mattered. It it was a wasted idol. Um in that sense. But I also wonder, like, no, because Lauren see so this is where I can't tell because Vic saying people I think
1: Chris just got in her head but I don't she think stands people... by her idol play though She
0: does but I don't think people flipped I because it doesn't make sense for Lauren if she really if she genuinely thinks she needs to play that idol to keep Chris in place why in the world would you take votes off of Chris you know like she was the person in control of how many votes were going on Chris so
1: Well unless they convinced unless someone was convinced that Devins was going to play his idol for Chris Yeah
0: I mean, I think Devons and Chris must have made it less clear that they were, I think from our perspective, it was very obvious they were working together, but I I assume they must have not made it clear they were working together. Although Vic talked about, she knew she was in trouble because she saw Chris running off to talk to Devons and she, you know, talking to Lauren and Julie, because Julie tends to not want to send people back right away. And that was when she was like, I knew I was in trouble because I was expecting the person to come back and for them to be ostracized. And suddenly they're having conversations with people that I'm not even having conversations with. And that's bad. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So she was like, that's when I knew people were actually going to work with him and we had a problem. But um, yeah, I mean, it's it's odd. I know she stands by it. And I guess she thought the majority of votes were going on Chris. But what I can't figure out is where is the miscommunication? Because Vic thought most of the votes were going on Chris. Lauren thought most of the votes were going on Chris because she gave him the idol, but yet the people who could have voted for Chris who didn't were Lauren, was like Lauren and Gavin and Julie. So where did that ball drop?
1: I think it was, um, I think she, maybe she didn't know. Maybe she thought Julie was, or Gavin was voting for Chris. Maybe, yeah. It seems like Vic thought Gavin was voting for so Chris. So it was Gavin And when she switch was the vote. only one who voted for Chris, Yeah.
0: Weird. I wonder why um, he switched his vote. That's weird.
1: Yeah, I don't know. But I mean, Lauren saying that she knows she needed Vic out and saying that that was like her priority doesn't like that does make sense to me. Like, sure, Chris is an immunity threat and Vic isn't, but it's hard to know that the jury is gonna vote for someone like Chris.
0: Yeah, I also think though too that. I mean, it's kind of crazy. You know, Julie was talked about as a threat for taking someone's seat at Final Tribal. Little did we know, although when we were watching live, I did start yelling what Chris was going to do. I predicted it was going to happen before it happened. Um, you know, well,
1: that whole speech she has when they're walking in is like yeah. basically tip in the hand. Well, also,
0: I started thinking it was like all they watched before they come out here. They all watched the Ghost Finale, Ghost Island Finale at Pre Ponderosa together. And everyone after that finale was like, if Dom had just gone for it, maybe he would have won. And I was like, oh my God. Like, literally, like, Ghost Island, like haunt like Ghost Island, like, didn't affect the season of Ghost Island. Ghost Island is haunting all future seasons of Survivor. Like, Ghost Island is haunting inter-extinction <laughs> in like every way. <laughs> like, every decision that people make is somehow influenced by Ghost Island. Um, but yeah, I mean, Julie. You know, I mean, Vic is a huge threat to win, I guess, but, like, I still think Julie was a threat. You know, like, I thought it was interesting that the whole, like, train to get out Julie kind of stopped. And I guess it was just because the numbers shifted. I just
1: think... Well, no, I think Vic is the only one who wanted to get out Julie. It was just Vic.
0: I guess that makes sense, but it seems like...
1: Lauren's final three plan was Gavin and Julie.
0: Yeah, I guess it's one of those things... Gavin's
1: final three plan, I think, was Lauren and Julie, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. I guess it's like, I guess that makes sense, except, I mean, it does make sense, except it doesn't. I mean, how did that go so wrong for them?
1: Because none of them readjusted their final three plan when Chris got back in the
0: game. That's true. They
1: were just like, oh, I'm going to take Vic out because she's not my final three, not worrying about Chris at the next vote or Chris at fire until it was like too late. But it's hard to be like, it's too late when there's six people there.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's true. And I mean I guess they, been, I mean, they must have been assuming they knew someone was coming back. um, And obviously, I mean, I think if I'm at, obviously, once you vote someone out at six, I'm sure you're like, well, they have to be coming back next week. But it is hard, I think, to plan for the future when you know it at one point you're going to take a step backwards. So it's like, at what point right. do I need to adjust my voting strategy, knowing that the numbers are going to go back up at some point? And yeah, I mean, I think they didn't adjust. And they kind of just kept plowing on, which let Chris, I mean, slip by, but not really, because he's the reason why Lauren changed her vote, played the idol for him, her, for herm, her, her, him. Yeah. Um, and then also, obviously, once that happens, he, you know, had immunity at the next tribal. Um, and I mean, all of the pieces fell into place. To, to-
1: well, Devon's gives him immunity right oh no no, no. He, is the...
0: he so the first at, no, at final devin's 6
1: gives him the half of the idol yeah, back
0: yeah 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 at final 6 devin's has immunity and he has half of chris's idol and he has his own immunity idol lauren gives her idol to chris and then at final 5 uh julie has immunity devin's has given chris back his half of the idol devin's plays his own idol chris plays his idol and then we have oh wait no julie doesn't have immunity
1: Devins has immunity, gives Chris his half of the idol back, and gives immunity to Oh Gavin.
0: yes, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because Julie You're
1: off a of vote on that, and that's when Lauren Cause
0: goes Julie home. and Lauren both have the fake idols and it's like really embarrassing and just like upsetting to watch.
1: <laughs> yeah, except that Devons says that he was like on his way, like they were gonna take the fake idols that. back, and then that's when the girls found them. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, I also think, I think Lauren, too, was, like, pretty confident that what she had was fake. Um. Yeah. But.
1: She's just, like, my real life hero, I think.
0: Devins? She's just, like,
1: Great. Lauren, yeah. I mean, she
0: was really positive. She's just like,
1: you know, I I pretty much knew it was fake, but how do you not play an idol?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, and I feel like that's how everyone, a lot of times with fake idols, people are usually like, I don't know if this is real or not. It's pretty rare that I think someone plays one fully expecting it to be real, except for Jay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But I I think to... To
1: to be fair to Jay, though, David Wright hid that idol exactly like all the other idols were hid.
0: Yeah, but so did Devons. I mean literally right. he hit yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean I
1: think Lauren's kind of problem clue, like, I think, th- was impressive. I think if there weren't so many other idols they knew about, Lauren would not have doubted that it was real.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean it the, the finale was like idol get in times yeah. ten. Um
1: but in her Ponderosa she's leaving she's like stupid, stupid, I know. stupid she's like so funny and like She's just, yeah. She's just like a glimmer of light.
0: I mean, I think everyone was really positive, which is something I'm trying to lean into. We could talk about that more with Ponderosa later when we get to big, like bigger picture stuff about the season. I think the, I think the people where it showed, I think was Devins and Vic. I think it showed that they were a little yeah. more burned at the end. Um, I mean, Devin's had that line of, like, I didn't come out here to, like, have some life-changing experience. Like, I came to win a million dollars, like, being honest. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I'm here. And I think that, you know, a lot of people were...
1: That, that statement did have a butt, though. It did. I mean, it did. He...
0: I'm not, and I'm not saying that critically. I'm just saying I think yeah. the season in a lot of ways, leaned into the experience part and what it means to go to the edge and what you learn learned about yourself because that's the whole theme and that's how the jury voted and yada, yada, yada because that was the majority of the castaway's experience. Allie's face right now. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, the final five vote was crazy. I mean, it, yeah, but the problem... So here's... Huh, trying to stay positive. Here's my issue. Right? So the finale was super unpredictable in the sense that Chris came back. However, I felt like at every tribal, I knew what was going to happen. I just didn't want it to happen. I don't know if you felt the same way. Like, I felt like I knew Lauren was going to play her idol for Chris. And I knew that meant that Vic was going to go home. And then it-
1: Well, I feel like the stuff that was up in the air, yeah. I feel like, I don't know if it's it was the editing, but I feel like the stuff that could have made it suspenseful being up in the air wasn't really that up in the air. Agreed. Like, I feel like we should have been like, well, is Lauren going to play her idol for Chris? It kind of seemed like, well, yes, she is. Yeah. I feel like we should have been like, is Devin's going to give his half of the idol back to Chris? He just, like, hands it back to him immediately. Right.
0: And if that's... I mean, that's what happened. That's what happened. But I think it's it's something that we've talked about... But
1: Devin said he was thinking about yeah.
0: it. Yeah. I mean, it's something that we've talked about before is like the tricky thing with this dynamic with idols. When people keep finding them over and over, it's like, it's exciting. But as soon as they find it, you know, what's going to happen. And we kind of Mm -hmm. had that happen again. So like going into six, we know, we don't know, no, but we're like pretty sure Chris is safe, almost positive. Chris is safe. And we know Devin's is going be. Devins
1: tells us straight up, he's like, yeah, I'm playing my We know Devons is like... going to
0: be safe, and we know they're the two biggest threats in the game, so then it's like, who else is going to go? And then immediately after their travel council, Devons finds another idol, and gives Chris his other idol. So it's like, okay, cool, so the two biggest threats in the game that are the biggest, like, up in the air, are they going to make it, are going to make it. So now what? Yeah,
1: like, we know they're through.
0: And it's fun to watch Devins hide fake idols, and the, you know, Julie and Lauren find them, and it's funny, but then it's also like, man, it kind of sucks for these people who we've invested so much to go out like that. And again, it's how it happened. Like, I'm not saying I want the game to change because, like, if that's what happened, that's what happens. But it it just... There's so many idols.
1: (laughs) This kind of, like, rang true to me a little bit is um, someone... I can't remember if it was Twitter or Reddit, but someone said all of these idols is the new Pagogging. Yes! It's just, like, predictable television except that these idols are introduced by production. They're not like an inherent part of the game yes. in the quantity that
0: we it have. It could then. change. It could change so easily. Yeah. You can't change how people vote, but you can change. And I think the idols are designed to impact how people vote. But I mean, it's just like, it's unpredictable. But if someone finds an idol in point two seconds, as soon as tribal council ends, you know, what's going to happen at the next tribal and the next like 10 to 15 minutes that you're watching, you're like, well, this is, this doesn't matter. Like we know what's going to happen. Like Was it fun watching... Joke's
1: on you. The whole season didn't matter.
0: Yeah, well, that was the biggest (laughs) surprise of all, wasn't it? (laughs) But, um, yeah, I mean, I think that was, you know, it was difficult. And I I think I said something, too. I mean, you know, the editing... I forget when I said this. It might have even been before the final six vote where I was like, well, we know Gavin's not winning this season because we hadn't heard from him, like, once. And I was like, if we haven't heard from him yet this episode, he's not going to win. And then... When we got to Final Tribal and he was clearly the only threat, I'll be honest, I was pulling for him, but I knew, I was like, there's just no way. Like, yeah. they didn't feature him nearly enough in this episode for him to pull away with this. Um, So, yeah, I don't know. It just became, I mean, it, it was, again, like, huge credit to Devons for finding as many idols as he did. He criticizes them at the end for being like, where were you guys? Um, But it's just in terms of TV viewing experience, I would rather I would rather have everybody be vulnerable, have everyone be vulnerable and have these plans that people are talking about and that we're listening to actually matter. Because when they stop for them to get get upended every so often is one thing, but for it to happen week after week, it's like.
1: I think if you play an idol, it gets rehidden. I think that's the rule that is kind of like it it takes away like the timing of playing your idol right. a little bit. There was no guessing where like, you I can mean, be except like well Lauren, I'll just go find a new one. I
0: mean I think Lauren playing her idol for Chris does actually counter that point. You know, who would think that you could drastically misplay an idol like that at final six? Like we were saying before, how do you how does someone manage to get someone to flush an idol at six? And it happened. I mean it happened in a way that kind of supported the other stuff we're talking about. But the reality is that was, even though it didn't feel unpredictable on the show, that decision was baffling in itself. You know, like, that was crazy it that was. that happened. And it did really speak to how those tools can be used in ways that are super contrary to how they would normally be used. Um, But, yeah, still... Especially by someone who had been so strong all season, knowing not to play it. You know, like, holding it back, holding it back. Um,
1: well, that's why I'm wondering if she really wanted Vic out. Like, yeah. really wanted Vic out over Chris, and if Gavin was supposed to vote for Chris.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess, I wonder how much people thought Chris was a threat. I mean, they knew Devin's was a threat, but did I bet they did not think that Chris had the same threat level as Devin's.
1: Well, I think at that point, Lauren thinks that Chris is working with her, like yeah. Chris will work with her. I
0: I think Lauren and Devins both thought Chris was working with them, and Chris was only working yeah. with himself, um, clearly. Right.
1: Right. So I feel like if you're Lauren and you're like, well, I want to get to the end with Gavin, but I have to take out his main ally, I'll work with Chris on this vote. Right. To the point where I'll give him my idol, like I'm trying to get Vic out. And if Gavin votes for Chris, like it seems like everyone thought he was going to, then that move works.
0: Right. So Vic goes at six. Lauren goes at five. We're down to four. Chris wins individual immunity. And it's, you know, everybody make fire. Everybody practice. I'm not going to tell you who I choose, blah, blah, blah. And then we get to the big moment and he gives up his necklace to compete in fire against Devons. What was your. Th-
1: in the little sound booth, in the little photo <laughs> yeah. booth.
0: In what looked like a sound stage because of the fire, or because of the wind. <laughs> um, what was your initial reaction, thoughts? Does he win? Well, oh. real
1: quick. Yeah. I loved the final immunity challenge. Oh, That's yeah. like one of the most frustrating challenges to watch for me <laughs> because like you're rooting so hard for people and then they get so close and it all just falls. It's a but great I do mute. really enjoy It's that a challenge. great final
0: mute. Those are the best ones where it really could change in yeah. like an instant. You could watch, I like the ones where it's like you watch people making progress, like they don't come out of nowhere, but at any second it could just be like, oh, they have to start over. I like it.
1: Like back at zero. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so no, no one's ever really like out of those right. ones. Like, I I like that. Um, but yeah, I do think like leading up to it, it was kind of predictable that Chris was gonna give his necklace away, which um is a slightly disappointing because Gavin mentions that he wanted the opportunity to knock out Devons, and he thinks, you know, without that opportunity, he really doesn't have much of a shot of
0: winning. I mean, I've thought about this. I I have thought about this a lot because I think watching how this final four twist, I think with the exception of David versus Goliath, it has not been in play for very long, but like obviously the first time mm-hmm. it was introduced, you know, Ben was the big threat. They gave it to, you know, they made Ben compete in fire. He wins, he wins the season and fire making only helped him. Same with Wendell. Um, and it hurt Dom because Dom didn't, you know, step up and do the crazy thing, which is give away immunity to try to compete in firemaking. But, like, who knows? Maybe that would have, you know... I bet if he does that and he was able to be successful, I mean, there's no tie because Wendell's not there. Um, right.
1: He runs away yeah. with it. Like, he probably shuts out.
0: And David versus Goliath, obviously, you know, Mike didn't win. Well, I don't know if that really impacted the votes, but I think that's, like, an exception where, like, Nick was the biggest threat and he won immunity. So... He was like, you know, he wasn't in the running for it. But Chris, mm-hmm. I think, being I don't know if he needed fire making, but he needed Devin's gun. So recognizing that and kind of having that extinction mentality of like, I'm not gonna leave anything on the floor and go after Devin's.
1: Yeah, he, I do I think he's like the the difference between Chris and Dom, I feel like, is Chris is like if I sit next to Devin's, I lose, period.
0: Yeah. And I think... I th- Dom is like, maybe I can beat Wendell. I think, like, if Gavin beats Devens, I do think... I don't know if Gavin wins, but I do think he stands a chance at stealing votes from Chris.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, halfway through FTC, half like, most of the jury hadn't decided who they were voting for. So they say. But... Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think, um, something that I didn't think about till after I listened to The Wiggle Roo, um, is that, you know, the whole, the, whole, one of the biggest narratives of this season is if you're seen as one of the big threats, you're gonna get voted out, right? So the narrative was threats versus goats. So yeah. now this whole jury is people that got voted out because they were threats, and you're asking them to appreciate your under the radar game.
0: We didn't see a lot of Gavin's... I thought Gavin's final travel was, was decent, but honestly, I thought his strongest moments came from Devin's. I thought Devin's was Gavin's... Yeah. So, I, I, I think
1: agree.
0: the way I would have played that... And again, it's like, in the moment, I don't know... You know, that was a narrative of the season, but I don't know if in the moment how cognizant that was. But I think if I was them, the argument I would make me sitting in my you know nice, cushy apartment being able to say this, like the reason I played the game I played was because I watched all of you go out and I took a lot of mm-hmm. you out. Like, you know, everyone who was loud got taken out. And yeah, Chris was loud and a huge threat, but he wasn't in the game, you know? Like, he right. he made it past because he entered so late, but like... The reason you're all over there is because you did the things you're saying you wished I had done. If I had done that, I would have been over there with you. And I recognized that and adjusted my game accordingly. And that's how I survived for 39 days without having ever having my name written down once. Um, yeah. But I think that's a really I, hard... Unless you really, like, outline that for people, I think it is easy to be written off as, like, well, you just didn't do anything.
1: Yeah, I do think that the the... Odds were stacked against Gavin, but I also think that it doesn't look good for Gavin that the strongest points are being brought up by Devin. Agreed. He's just kind of like, yeah, what Devin said. Yeah, what Devin. Like it takes Devin's saying like Gavin got no votes against him for that to even come up. Yeah,
0: and I think Gavin sounded shaky to me at Final Tribal. I think his voice sounded shaky. He sounded really nervous. Um, I also wonder. I think. Someone said they were really close to a Julie vote. There were a couple people who said they were close to giving Julie votes. I get the impression Julie had a very strong tribal council. We saw the moment of her like not selling the whole emotional game thing, but I think she came off stronger yeah. than Gabbard in some ways. It seems.
1: I think I got that from other people's reactions, but I don't think I got that from the actual finale.
0: Yeah, same. I kind of I feel like when people talked about the post game, they said Julie came off really strong. At final Tribal. Yeah, people
1: thought about switching their votes to Julie at the last... I think Devin said it. Yeah,
0: yeah, I think it was Devin's that said he considered switching to Julie. Um, yeah, but I, I think... I mean, Chris came on strong, which is what this jury needed. It was a jury... That jury needed someone to come on strong. They weren't going to be willing to, to vote for somebody who was being timid. Not that Gavin was being timid, but I think facing Chris, someone who just came in guns blazing, convinced someone to flush an idol... And, you know, one immunity, played an idol for themselves, gave up an immunity necklace to compete in fire, and took out the biggest threat in the game. Like, I mean, you would have had to come, like, it's a tricky thing because you don't want to shut down Extinction because everyone on the Which jury- Which I feel like
1: Gavin did a little everyone too Everyone on much. the
0: jury just lived it, so you can't be like, you can't right. discredit it, but you have to figure out a way to strongly establish how what you did, even if it wasn't as loud- was more impressive, or more difficult, or equally difficult. Even just ask them to consider it equally, because it seems like a lot of people just wrote Mm -hmm. him off, which kind of baffles me a little bit, but not really, because we'll talk about Ponderosa. (laughs) But, um, yeah.
1: (laughs) I think that what really rang true to me, which made me kind of the most disappointed for Gavin is Devin's said, and I don't remember if this is on the show or if it was in his exit interview, but he said that I've lived both on Extinction and in the game, and the game is so much he harder. Did,
0: he did say that, yeah. Yeah.
1: And he was like, that's why my vote went to Gavin, to survive in the game for that long, to not get a vote against you. It's a different game than on Extinction. No one's voting for or against you on Extinction until, like, the freaking finale, like, it's a different game. And I do... uh Go ahead. <laughs> no, I
0: was gonna say, I think we're 15 minutes in, let's go down this rabbit hole. Again, all of those disclaimers we said at the beginning hold true. I think, yeah, I think what Devin says is very telling, and I think its extinction, I'm sure, was... I mean, I, I can't even imagine how difficult it was to live day in and day out with nothing to do. But at the same time, I think... If you're on extinction, you're still in the game, however, you got voted out, and you're left with nothing to do but to process that. And I think that is huge. We saw it be huge. They got letters from themselves Mm -hmm. that they wrote to themselves at the beginning of the game, and they were able to read the letter and process the information in the context of mistakes they had made, learn from those mistakes, grow as a person, experience this immense emotional, personal growth, learn about what Survivor means... People who were still in the game didn't have that. They woke up every morning and were terrified that the people around them were going to vote them out that night. (laughs) So I think Uh there's a real difference in mindset. I think it's not surprising that the people in the game were like, you know, quote unquote, timid or boring or a goat or, oh, why aren't they doing such crazy things that Chris is doing? Because... They didn't get voted out and come back and have nothing left to lose. They have everything to lose. They haven't been voted out yet.
1: They had their whole game. They had 39 days of game. Yeah,
0: they had 39 days of game to lose. And in the end, that same mindset actually got them sent home. But it's like, how do you click into the mindset of extinction if you haven't been there? And you're not supposed to want to go there by design. So I think it's a really tricky spot for people to be in. And I think... You know, (laughs) going into this jury, watching Ponderosa made me feel so much better about this season. These people clearly loved each other so much. It seems like they had a close to spiritual, religious experience being on the edge of extinction. And that's amazing. But holy crap, was it going to be damn near impossible for someone who was not there to win this season after watching that Ponderosa I I almost can't imagine it happening. No matter who well, came I mean, back, like if it's anyone like from they the just edge, can't sit there, if anyone from you the just edge have to made get it. Them out. Yeah, if anyone yeah. from the edge made it to the end. After watching people talk about what that experience was like and how much they all had bonded so heavily, like that Edge of Extinction was like a family. Like they clearly loved each other yeah. so much; they were so close; they had shared so much with each other. I can't imagine a world where someone who wasn't there could beat someone who was, almost no matter who it was.
1: Yeah, and I think that in Reem's exit interview, she said something about how people say, like, Chris didn't play the game. He wasn't in the game for all these days. And Reem's like, this season is Edge of Extinction. Edge of Extinction is part of it. Edge of Extinction was my life this season.
0: Yeah, exactly. How is Reem going to vote for anybody that wasn't on the edge?
1: Right, exactly. Exactly.
0: That was her whole experience. I mean, even Aubrey, someone who made it to day 39 in the normal game of Survivor, votes for someone, you know, on the edge. Like, Mm -hmm. I I think it is a little bit telling that aside from Vic, because I think she was just bitter because she thought Gavin had turned and maybe he did, the people who voted for Gavin were the most recently voted out people who went through those post merge. Days not on the edge Mm -hmm. in Devin's Lauren, Aurora, and then a bit of a gap Wentworth, Um,
1: which makes sense because she played with Gavin. Which
0: makes sense because she was close with Gavin. Yeah, so I do think that's kind of telling. I feel like
1: the people who were close with Gavin could see that he was playing, and no one else could.
0: Right. Um. But yeah, I mean, I think I mean the Ponderosa videos are so moving, and it's so beautiful, and I think it really. The, I, w- I was, I was frustrated at the finale. I, 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 I did not have a great viewing experience. I felt kind of angry that I felt like a lot of the season I just watched ended up not mattering. <laughs> a lot of the tribal <laughs> council suddenly had no meaning. I was like, why did I, why did I watch this? Why did I get suspenseful? I guess, you know, it's about the journey or whatever, but like, is it because the journey ended up, you know, all these crazy tribal councils, oh, what's going on with Lesu? None of it mattered. Um, But watching Ponderosa, I was like, this is what this season is about. And they kept saying it, like, this season is about the edge and pushing yourself." And they showed us, you know, them reading the letters, or, you know, we always had the check-in with them before, you know, after the Extinction Challenge, and everyone's really emotional. But at the end of the day, it was still Survivor, colon, Edge of Mm -hmm. Extinction this season. And that's how it was edited, and that's what was shown. But clearly... The main story of the season was extinction. Everything that impacted the final tribal council was stuff that happened on extinction. And we saw some of it, but it was hard. Well, it's just, I don't know. You know, it's near
1: impossible to show more of extinction without tipping your hand and be like, the winners from extinction, by the way. Yeah,
0: exactly. And I think they obviously, the show is called Survivor and Traditional Survivor. They leaned into that because why wouldn't you? But then at the same time, when the whole decision about why the person who won, yeah, is rooted in that finale, but really is definitely rooted in the fact that they were on extinction, it's a little bit and hard I, to grasp. I mean, not to grasp, but to I swallow.
1: <laughs> just feel like if you have this whole fan base that's paying for CBS All Access, you might as well put some extra fucking content up there.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, my god Jesus Christ. Allie's going after CBS watch out
1: <laughs> I'm just saying like there was an opportunity to just put an extra edge of extinction video on CBS all access each week if you make it a weekly thing that's not telling at all yeah people are just like oh that's something they're gonna do this season
0: right because I think Aubrey had a comment at final Tribal of like well the game was still going on there like they was still and like she was like talking about socially and I was like Well, we saw the little scenes of, like, oh, God, this is a nightmare. People are not getting along, or, oh, we're banding together, or we found food. But, like, that's not the game that you talk about when you talk about Survivor. So she's talking about something else, we didn't see that at all. All we saw was people, you know, trying to survive, which is, like, old-school Survivor. But I think if you're playing 20-something days on old-school Survivor versus someone who played 39 days in new-school Survivor... Is one better than the other? No, but those are radically different. (laughs) Like,
1: radically different. You just can't try and put them on the same playing
0: field. Yes, and I think when you have someone come back at Final Six, it forces people to try to put them on the same playing field. Because that's... But it
1: forces... It forces 10 people who lived in Old School Survivor to put it on the same playing field as New School Survivor when you have three people that didn't go to the edge. Yeah. Like, that's really what the bottom line
0: is. Yeah, and it's Ten jury
1: members lived on the edge, and three didn't.
0: Yeah. And it's like, how do you... Actually,
1: two didn't, because Devins did.
0: True. And I also thought... I can't... I mean, for Rick Devins... I feel like I was critical of him on this podcast, but not, like, of him, but of, like, the Devin storyline, again, like, not nah, he seems like an amazing person, like, but I was getting slightly frustrated with the whole Devin storyline, because I just obviously wasn't a huge fan of the Edge of Extinction twist, but people, the social media reaction to him was so, like, visceral and negative for so long, and I can't imagine what it must have been like to be in him, and just knowing that you're sitting here on your hands for this final tribal Where he's like the one voice actively criticizing the Edge of Extinction twist. And like he be like he became the voice of like the fans that were like condemning him like this whole season. And like he's the one who stands up with the ideas that I assume many of them had. Like, man, oh man. Can't win that guy.
1: (laughs) I don't know if you tweeted this or not, but when Brendan and I were watching the finale, he was like that moment when Devin's winning $100,000 is more exciting than Chris winning oh a million. Oh my god,
0: yeah, it kind of, honestly, like, yeah, it kind of was. Um, I'm it, trying It, to it find was really,
1: a really touching moment, I'm so glad that Devin's got that Sia money.
0: Me too, I am, I am too, although Sia got, like, a lot of airtime at the finale, and I was like, can we? <laughs> um,
1: and then she was in the Snap story, or the Insta story, I don't know if it was CBS's or if it was just Joe's. But she was there when he cut his hair oh, off. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah. I'm trying to find... Okay, because some I think Shannon Gates retweeted this, but it was her brother, Jason Gates. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I think it was like in reference to the whole thing about, like, well, Survivor's all about the hand you're dealt. And this is something that came up at Final Travel. It's not about, you know, quantity over the quality. Game evolves. The game evolves. It's about the hand you're dealt and how you capitalize that and blah, blah, blah and Jason Gage tweeted if this were a poker tournament it would be like if chris went out early was allowed to rebuy into the final table and then was dealt pocket aces every hand while everyone else had their cards face up <laughs> and kind of true <laughs> like
1: it is true i think it's yeah. true like
0: you're dealt the hand you're given but i what i what i was struggling to understand a little bit was people failing to see how, I mean, again, Chris did everything right. So it's like easy to say his hand was loaded because he capitalized on everything so well, because you could argue Lauren had a loaded hand. She was, had an idol at six and wasn't a huge threat. She blew it up. So, you know, but I think up against Chris with the information he had, he, he had a stronger hand, but I think it was like, I was surprised that people didn't see the advantage that being on the edge gave him. But I'm also not surprised because they were all there, too, and they don't want to think that's what it was.
1: Right, right, for sure. It's tough, for sure. I just, I feel like it's hard. I know you hate it when I do this rabbit hole of what if but I just feel like when they've done this twist in the past there's a reason they reset it after one person goes back in yeah and if you have a normal jury and if you have it reset when it goes back in then presumably Joe wins back in whatever still it's a jury of 10 and like that is that's totally different now
0: I mean if it hadn't reset I think everything stays equal Devin's wins immunity at five. He's got an idol to give away. He probably gives it to Julie. Mm-hmm. Lauren plays the idol for herself and it's between Gavin and Vic. Vic goes home and then we're at four. And I think who was in the running behind Chris cl- most, most closely? It was Joe. No, I mean at final four.
1: Oh, at final four.
0: I don't remember. Was it Devin's?
1: Oh, you mean in the challenge? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, it was Julie. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Well, I
0: think that's, I mean...
1: Oh, no, she ended up dropping yeah. it. Yeah. So it's hard to say It's hard to challenge. say.
0: But, but I think... Yeah. If, if it's not... Chris obviously isn't going to win. So if it's between Lauren, Julie, Gavin, and Devin's winning, if Devin's wins the challenge, he wins the season. I think if anybody else wins the challenge, we're looking at fire-making against Devin's. And if Devens is there, he wins. But if Devens isn't there, I think we're looking at a Gavin or Lauren win. So yeah. I think that's really the only what ifs. I think it's kind of crazy because I was talking about, you know, Vic got screwed out because she would have blah, blah, blah. But I do think that even though, I mean, I don't know, maybe people really weren't thinking she was a threat, but I do think Warren won her out before Chris said it.
1: I think so, too. and I think that's why he she went with Aurora instead of Julie on that vote before. Yeah.
0: Um, but, I mean, talk about new ways to win the game. I mean, this is, I I think...
1: No, we don't need to. But
0: it is, it is, I mean, I think... But
1: it's not, because... I think there's a difference... When Chris got voted out, he had no idea Edge of Extinction existed. He thought he was going home.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the thing, like someone had a line about like, well, you didn't do anything at all. Like, I think Julia said that to Gavin or something. And that's when I, I think I got like mad at that point. Cause I was like, that's just not true. And again, it's like what the jury says goes like, if that's the perception and if you're not able to combat that perception, that's part of the game and that's a failure on your part. But it was crazy to see like the fact that the jury came in with that mentality. I was like, Man, they were so stacked against them. The fact that these, like, people who are super fans of the game coming to this season before knowing what the twist was, and I guess it's it's a testament yeah. to how powerful that your experience is in the game, to tell someone who lasted 39 days who had never had their name written down once, being like, well, you just didn't do anything. It's like, no. <laughs>
1: well, I do think that Julia um, has a track record where she gets heated a little easily, and, like, at, at the tribal council, she got voted out. At, she put her foot in her mouth a little yeah. bit because she got heated. I feel like she's just kind of reactive when she gets heated. And I think at that point, Gavin had kind of been like, well, he got voted out. Like, right. well, he spent all this time on extinction. And I think it was rubbing her the wrong way. Yeah. And I'm sure it was rubbing other people the wrong way, too.
0: I wonder, like, what happens if there's a world, if, like, you start to feel the jury getting frustrated and you turn into, like, imagine how I feel. Like, what if, like... Yeah. Is that, a, is that an approach? If you feel the jury getting mad at you discrediting Extinction and be like, you're mad? Like, I'm being told I didn't do anything and I never got voted out. I didn't realize that was supposed to be what I should do this season. Like, I'm not... Yeah. Like, should you discredit Extinction? Am I saying it shouldn't count? Absolutely not. You want to compare them? Let's compare them. Like, sure. Yeah. Like, they came back. Sure, they survived. But... In order to get to that point, like, one of us had to get voted out and one of us didn't. So I I wonder if that's, like, if if that's, like, the strong approach. Even though it's more, like, combative, like, is that the approach you need to take? Really, really press people on it. Don't try to tiptoe around it. Like, force people Mm -hmm. to really look at it. I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. I do think that Ron said, and I don't know how true this is, but Ron didn't spend a ton of time on the edge. He said he wanted to vote for a big player to win. You know, I'm sure War Dog might have been thinking similarly. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. You know, you want to vote for, um, a, like, I mean, the whole jury was rooting for Rick Devons the whole time. So they're watching this showboat survive idol after idol. And then he gets voted, he gets fired out. And now you're left with Gavin or Julie or Chris, who is playing similarly to
0: Devon. Yeah. like,
1: I, I feel like that's an aspect to consider as well.
0: No, it's, yeah, it's true. No, it is definitely something to consider. I mean, I think yeah, they wanted someone who was playing big. Um, I think yeah, it's just I. I'm hoping that maybe like maybe with season thirty nine, with Robin Sandra as advisors, who in my mind are not big move resume Palooza survivor players. I guess.
1: They're drink the cool well, Rob is like a drink the Kool-Aid guy. And Sandra's
0: anybody but me. Maybe with them as advisors, season 39 won't be. You know. I think the biggest live survivor, well, I don't know, that's not true because clearly the jury wants to vote for people who've made big moves. I was gonna say the biggest live survivor is that you have to make big moves because it's just like doesn't make sense, but it does because the jury is juries really seem to be rewarding that a lot.
1: Yes, but I don't think every jury...
0: Yeah. Yeah, not every jury. I don't know.
1: I feel like Nick and Mike probably had similar moves. But I don't know what the perception of Mike on the beach was.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like, in terms
1: of size of the moves they made. And I feel like Nick kind of got screwed over here and there, but was just, like, able to regroup. I'm ready. But there were definitely votes that Nick was mad about. I'm
0: ready to blacklist big moves from Survivor. Like, build a sensor into my TV so that anytime someone says it, it just gets blurred or, like, beeped out. Same with Resume. (laughs) We can get rid of that, too.
1: Um, yeah. I just think it's... I don't know. I, I do have very high hopes for 39, though. Did you listen to The Wiggle Room yet? I have not. So Josh, he didn't really, like... He still can't really say anything, but he said he's very excited for this cast to play. Like, he already did his first one out interviews, obviously. And, it is and the, he said he's very excited. It's the
0: first cast that is entirely Jeff Probst-based. Because they had that changeover in uh, Staff... Kind of shocking. Uh, Their casting director is no longer there, even though they had casted every season of the show prior. So it is the first cast, I'll do it. First cast that Jeff has put together, um, not himself. Like obviously there are other people involved, but led by Jeff as the casting director. Yeah. And of course, it's Robin, Sandra, (laughs) (laughs) and the promo doesn't even show any of the new people speaking. Um, but I, I am, I I, yeah, but
1: they hadn't like officially released the cast at that point yet.
0: Yeah. Um, I, I'm nervous, but I, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, I've got some hopes. I was skeptical of David versus Goliath, and that proved me wrong in so many ways. I was skeptical yeah. of Edge of Extinction, and it proved me right in so many ways.
1: And wrong. S- and and wrong. wrong. Also wrong. I mean, I think
0: this season was a wild ride. I think, I, I will say, I think when I was watching this season, and, oh man, this is gonna sound so mean, but it's, it's the truth, so I'm gonna say it. We were doing a rewatch in the lead up to the finale. I was kind of in and out. And I kind of always thought when I watched the finale, I was going to do the whole, like, you know, let's watch us on a binge and really appreciate this story's arc from beginning to end. And after this finale, I genuinely think that's not necessary because I don't think most of the mid-season matters enough to warrant rewatching it. <laughs> if
1: you want to rewatch, watch all of Ponderosa, then watch the finale. Yeah, I really... The way to do I it. I
0: think literally watch up until the Devons Like, watch up until the merge and, like, Devons coming back in. And then you can just, like, skip everything and just watch Ponderosa. And then, like, skip ahead to the finale. And that is actually, like, the arc of the season that you need to see. Because all of that craziness post-merge doesn't matter, like, at all. I mean, I'm sure it mattered. I'm sure it affected how people were thinking and how they were feeling and how that led to the voting, blah, blah, blah. But the... A comma imploding and Julia getting voted out, and what's going on with Lesu and Wardog versus David and Wardog turning on Wentworth. And Which
1: I still feel like I don't know what happened. Because
0: on Ponderosa, they're like buddy buddy. Like, what is going on, guys?
1: Him and Wardog <laughs> are with each other. Yeah. David, right, and Wardog are like best friends on Ponderosa. Yeah, like
0: what is, <sighs> I, what is happening? I don't understand. And I also think Devin's like confirmed in his exit interviews that he was all ready to work with Lauren and Wentworth when he came back from the merge, and yeah. they were the ones who were like, nope. So yeah, but again, it it and it it's not like it doesn't matter because it mattered in the moment. But like, it it all of that, all of those dynamics and all of those questions, you hit the finale and they just vanish and it becomes the Chris show because it should be because oh my god, this guy we've seen for like two seconds is about to win a million dollars. So obviously, it needs to become all about him and he's doing you know the biggest stuff in the game, driving every vote, earning his way to the million. But it is kind of crazy that all of those other weeks of television suddenly were just like, bye. (laughs) Um, And I think it just speaks to a really cool concept. And it sounds like it was an absolutely amazing journey for the players. Maybe one of the most intense experiences that a cast of players has ever had in terms of how twists have impacted the game. It seems like this was like revolutionary for people. I mean, Survivor mm-hmm. always changes people's lives. But it seems like The Edge of Extinction accomplished what it was set out to do in a really beautiful way in the way production talked about it. And it had its moments for me as an audience member, but I think it is a twist that better served for the people that were there than it did to the television audience at home.
1: But I also <laughs> think that if you are considering... And this is kind of what I was trying to say in the beginning... That if you're considering it as a one-off, instead of in the scope of the game, right. because yes, the game does evolve, but this isn't real evolution in the game. This is a one-off.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think I said something. I my, I can't remember if I said this before, because I know I said to you. I was like, I think there's a difference between evolving the game and breaking the game, and I think this twist came close to breaking Survivor in the sense of, like, if you think of the core of Survivor being survive 39 days and convince the people you voted off to vote for you. That's not what this season was. And again, we've had redemption, but redemption was was different. It was, I don't know, it, it, it was just different. And I, I think, I don't know, it, it maybe it didn't break Survivor. I guess that's the wrong word, but it, it, it was different. I think what you're saying is kind of true. Like, that makes sense. Well, it sense. never
1: worked in the way where, like, someone from redemption sat at the end.
0: Because people from Redemption, when they came back, weren't given (laughs) immunities, And also only ever spent time with, like, one or two other people at a time. And were actively competing against them. Constantly.
1: And it's not like everyone on Redemption went to
0: the jury. True, yeah. It wasn't, like, communal.
1: But still, I think, like, all that aside... I think if you consider Edge of Extinction as a version of Survivor and not in the grand scope of Survivor, where like there's this different set of rules for this one season, then I think it's a more enjoyable season. Agreed. I think I, it's,
0: it's rationalizing it on it, like really. And I
1: think that, well, I do think like if you think of Edge of Extinction as the game, as the theme, as the game, Chris is a great winner.
0: He is. And that's the thing. And the thing is like, If you think about it that way, but by design, that's how you have to... That's how the game... We can talk about it not being traditional Survivor, but also, like, traditional Survivor at its core is, like, that season defines the world. So, he is the winner, even though this world defied what it means to have traditional Survivor, like...
1: Yeah, I just think that for the past 14 weeks or whatever, we weren't thinking of it that way. But I do think now that this is the outcome, it's, like, necessary to take a step back and be like, you know what, this wasn't really the worst thing ever. Like, I like Chris. Yeah. I think that him as a winner makes sense for the season, if this is what this season is, and, like... Great, like let's move on to thirty-nine. Let's have busted Rob back on my TV. Yeah, no, I
0: come I I completely agree with that wholeheartedly. Um
1: I told you I was gonna be positive.
0: Yeah, you really you really are. <laughs> I feel like and we're not being it would have been really easy to come on here and be like Chris Underwood is the most you know, the least deserving winner of all time. This season sucks, blah 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 blah. <laughs> and that's like not what I'm saying. I, I obviously we're being critical of it. Because, like, there's obviously a lot to be critical about, but I I don't think that he sucks as a winner. I think he he did, I mean, they said this then, and it's true, he did more than some winners have done. Like,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: I think someone, I mean, and this is not meant to be, like, shady, but if it becomes like a numbers resume box checking game, I saw someone made mention apparently he attended the same number of tribal councils that Michelle Fitzgerald did. And if you look at like his, what he did in those tribal councils compared to what Michelle did, technically in terms of like big moves, he blows, you know, her resume out of the water. So like, yeah, it, it's not like, I don't know, like, I, I don't think it's, I don't think it's fair to, to be like, well, he sucks and he didn't do anything. Because that's obviously not true. You can't do nothing and win the million. Like, you have to do something to convince that jury to win. Or someone else really? has to have really messed up for that jury to vote for you to win. Like, it doesn't happen by accident.
1: And I think it's not fair to just say that Lauren and Devons messed up by giving him idols without right. considering, like, the insane social game aspect that Chris brought to
0: yeah, him. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, he had a load... I, I do think he had a bit of a loaded deck, but he also... It would have been really easy to mess it up. And just like we were saying, you know, like, Joe is someone that we think probably wouldn't have been able to capitalize on it. I think any of the returners mm-hmm. would have had a really hard time capitalizing on it. Even Aurora. You know... Would Aurora... Devins knows that Aurora hates her. Hates her. Hates him in a game (laughs) sense. Not in a life sense. They love each other. Whatever. But in, like, a game sense, Devons knew that Aurora was never going to work with him. If Aurora comes back in, she doesn't give half of her idol to Devons. So how does that play out? No. Like... David would. Yeah, David would. But I, I do think, like, there's a lot... I think it's easy to look... And I think, like, take away from what we've said and what people have said or whatever, like, any... I mean, I guess I said this, like, how does anyone beat anyone from The Edge? I do think...
1: You don't sit next to them, like...
0: Yeah, basically. Period. I think thats I think that's the answer. And I think the next thing is, like, well, it would have been... Impo- like, whoever came back from The Edge was handed a ticket to the end... I think they were given a nice strong push, but I don't think it's a sure thing that anybody who came back from the edge made it to the end. I think it's almost a sure thing that anybody from the edge that isn't Devon's beats whoever else is there. But I don't think it was a sure thing that whoever came back from the edge was basically like carried to the finale by production. I do think they were given a lot of help and I think they had a lot of help just by the nature of how the whole twist was structured But I already just... Those few examples that we talked about, and I'm sure there's more, can think of people where, like, I don't know if it would have worked. And that's a testament to Chris. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it is. It is. Also, a little
0: bit of a testament to the fact that he was voted out on day nine and didn't have as many complicated dynamics to work through with people, but also a testament to Chris. (laughs) (laughs) Um... Okay, do we have other things to say? We've been, like, talking nonstop for, like, a long time. Um, I feel like we covered a lot. Are there things you, like, wanted to say, like, takes you had, things you wanted to talk about? I talked a lot.
1: No, no. I, like, I've said this a hundred times, but I just, like, really think that. Ponderosa made this whole season for me.
0: Agreed. Same. I was crying watching Ponderosa and watching Ponderosa, I was like, this is amazing. Every
1: episode of Ponderosa, I cried. Yeah. I also want to say Lauren's Ponderosa especially, like, really touched me. Just, like, the energy she brings to this world is, she's just, like, amazing. Today she put a link to her Ponderosa on her Insta story and she said something like I couldn't have asked for a better representation of my heart and like really she like comes across like very genuinely in her Ponderosa and it's just like really amazing to watch yeah
0: yeah I agree if you've learned nothing else from this podcast go watch Ponderosa it will, it yeah, will, for make, real. <laughs> it will make the season make sense and it will like make the season I think what they wanted it to be and what it was for for the people that were out there um mm-hmm. for sure um all right well okay ali i don't know this is our final episode for edge of extinction yeah presumably and it's also our 10th episode because we started late oh wow um exciting <laughs> classic um but i think we should wrap up there
1: yeah do we have like a plan moving forward that we want to say right now
0: I think, stay tuned for a plan moving forward. um, I have some seasons to watch that I I have not seen yet. So I think we had talked about the possibility of doing an off-season watch for me, rewatch for Allie, but Mm -hmm. we have to talk about what season we want to do that with. I think there's, I think kind of, no matter what, we'll probably do some kind of like off-season review of some other season. We'll see. We'll definitely do something, and we'll keep you posted on our Twitter page, at Survivor Um Follow us there to keep updated on what we're going to be doing in the off-season. Um, but fun things to come.
1: We're going camping.
0: We're going camping. Maybe we'll do a recap of our um, camping trip and see if we are Survivor-worthy. Spoiler alert, we're not. But uh, <laughs> we can dream. We're dreaming. <laughs>
1: All right, well, maybe we'll do a reaction to all the exit interviews once they're out, but I'm sure there will be something else before that, because it's gonna take a while for those to all come out.
0: Yeah, definitely. All right, well, it's been a blast. It's been a wild ride. I think we all got reamed on this finale, <laughs> um, but I I think I'm, I got reamed, but I'm better for it.
1: We're moving past it Looking towards 39 Really looking towards 40 Yeah
0: And I think we can learn a lot And appreciate a lot About The game of Survivor from this season I think we can learn a lot about what The Survivor experience means to people From this season And I think if you make that your takeaway Mm -hmm. It really does make this season something special In a not negative way That's not like a condescending way That I mean that
1: Agree, for sure. Go watch Ponderosa. Go watch Ponderosa.
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you so much everybody, for everybody listening uh, to the River Wild Cards. Uh, signing off for now. We will see you next time.
1: Smell you later.
0: Smell you later. <laughs> Live, love, probes. Okay. Bye, everybody.
1: Bye.